welcome back to another Daily Walk. And today I want to spend a little bit of time talking about a survey of salvation. Maybe clarify some of those age-old questions. Is salvation up to us? Is salvation up to God? And uh, I gotta say, the ultimate answer, even according to Calvinism, is it is both, but in different areas and different ways. You see, salvation itself is a generic term of which a whole lot of different things come into it. I trained as a molecular scientist, and our job was to identify the pathways that would happen, the, the cascaded sequence of pathways that would occur when a person, in our case, consumed some form of xenobiotic. And uh, what I want to talk about here is breaking down the pathway of salvation and identifying which parts are which. And so I wanted to to do this breakdown here. Now, this breakdown is nothing absolutely new to my content as this was the bulk of chapter two in my first book, Testing and Temptations, which you can get anywhere you get you can find a book online. I'll have a link for that down in the description below. And uh, But we have to understand as we get into what salvation is, salvation is a broad term for a collection of various steps some of which we have a role in, ultimately of which is started and initiated exclusively by the sovereign selection and election of God. So when we talk about man is not sovereign over salvation, that is 100% correct because it is God who ordains such things. But as we progress through the process of salvation, there is indeed a human element, and I wanted to address that today. So for this, you can talk about tons of Bible verses on every one of these individual steps. And indeed, my book has a lot of verses on these steps. Even that is not exhaustive. But what I'm doing here is I'm going to pull out one verse per step that I consider probably the easiest to understand or the best verse for the concept. And so we're going to do that. But if you want to dig in a little bit deeper, you can have a look at that book, Testing and Temptations, or dig around at each one of these key words and figure out which one you think is which. So let's get into this. And this is going to be like a jet tour, a brief, uh, brief explanation of each step. And hopefully we don't go too far over time. So salvation starts with the idea of predestination. Predestination is that God knows in advance who is going to be saved, not based on any choice they have made to separate it out from the, uh, from the, the concept um, of prescience, but that by some sovereign election on his end, God chose whom will ultimately be saved. Ephesians chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself according to the kind intention of his will. And so the element of all of this starts with God choosing us. And then through hearing the gospel, God has a calling. Now, the, as we are commanded in Scripture to go out and to uh, to go out and to preach the gospel, this is called the general calling. The general calling is when all of us give the gospel to all creation. That is important. But God uses that as a seed for what in in the doctrines of grace is the effectual calling. The effectual calling is the calling we cannot turn away from. And the effectual calling itself 
is also initiated by God. John chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. They were chosen, they were called, they were transformed, and that is the effectual call. Now, once a person is effectually called, meaning they are going to come to Christ, the next step of salvation is regeneration. This is the point in time, uh, it, is it is related, there's three steps here, faith, repentance, and justification. These three steps are the collective, what we usually think of, of salvation. All right, so regeneration itself is really, it's that the technical process by which our soul is regenerated. And in the terms of several of the Old Testament prophets, I will remove the heart of stone and put in you instead a heart of flesh. Now in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul writes, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That is the regeneration of the soul. That is the, the point in time when we finally have this, if, you, if you're saved, you know there's this click in time you had, you go, click, all of a sudden you recognize, wow, God is real and Jesus is God. That is that point of regeneration. That's why that happens. And then once you are regenerated and you start to recognize that Christ is God, then it comes the element of faith. Faith itself is, is hard to put a single verse on, despite there being thousands of verses about faith. But oftentimes in scripture, we find faith is more of a descriptive rather than a being. Of course, from Hebrews 1, now faith is assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not yet seen. But James has a little bit more practical explanation. Chapter 2, verses 21 and 22, because it shows you the action that is faith. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was working in his works, and as a result of his works, faith was perfected. And so faith itself carries with it that I know who God is, I know what God is doing, and therefore I am going to live out my life as if God is real, because he is. Because our heart has been regenerated, we know and we understand that, and that is what leads to faith. Now, faith, as we start living out our life, this is what leads to repentance. So regeneration, faith, and repentance. Repentance is when we look at all of the old things we used to do, and now we come back and do something different. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. We are repenting of our past sins. Now, once we have repented of these sins, we enter the step of justification. Now, some theological systems will teach that you have to continuously repent daily or else you're at risk of losing your salvation. That is not true. We're not going to get into the fine nuances of that. But understand that after, um, after repentance comes justification. Justification is that point in time when you are declared righteous by God. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so this is what we see as an element here of 
the justification. And this is going to bring us to sanctification. Now, sanctification, this is the principle that many people will confuse with elements of human will. Because sanctification is the part that does have an element of the human condition in it. Now, it is a cooperation of us choosing to live out our life with the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us in these things. And so as we look at sanctification, the best verse I pull out for this is Romans 13, verses 13 and 14. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in caressing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. So in this, we see a decision. And as Christians, we have a decision. We can come home at night and we can spend time in the glorification of God, honoring God, praying to God, studying things of God. We can engage in the things of God, or we can turn around and indulge in the lusts of the flesh and these things. It is an element of us to us. And the more we choose to follow the things of God, the more our life begins to mirror Christ, and the more we see God's blessings come on us. But as we seek to indulge in those fleshly things, the fleshly lusts end up polluting our souls. And it's not that we have lost our salvation, but we have certainly lost our peace. We've certainly lost the joy of Christ. And oftentimes you hear somebody talk about, I've lost my joy. Not always, but oftentimes this means that they have, they have fallen into a state where they're indulging the flesh far more than they are indulging the spirit. And that is the element. Of course, the very final step is a step that none of us are hearing to my voice have uh, yet attained, and this is the step of glorification. This is the final step that occurs after the end of all things, when all of us have this perfect glorified body. Philippians 1, 6, I am confident of this very thing. He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so that really is the important part that we see. And uh, that really is your survey of uh, your survey of salvation. And so hopefully that helps you out to understand uh, to understand the elements of what's going on, what elements are of God, which elements are of man, and to see that interplay. And hopefully that helps you understand because salvation isn't just a single point thing. It carries with it a lot of nuance of individual steps. So with that, again, I talked to a lot of this is summarized in my book, Testing and Temptations. You can get that anywhere you can find books online. I'll leave a link to um, the page down below where you can see all the links I know of where you can get it online. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. That'll be linked on the page down below. And with that, thank you for watching and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.